Hey, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning into the show. I have a book that just came out on Amazon.com called Digital Labor, The Coming Demise of a White Collar Worker. This book is talking about how software is going to be replacing knowledge workers in our industry at a very rapid pace. This book is addressed for people who are interested in the future job market and what to do about it. So please check it out on Amazon. We look forward to your feedback now. Let's go listen to the show. So Guinness did some research where they said if you are uh, seeing certain things, smelling certain things, hearing certain things, it actually changes your sensory perception of the taste of the beer. You're listening to Experience This, a show about the emerging experience economy with your host, Tom Young. Hey, everybody. This is Tom Young. Let's go around the room. Hey, this is Sean. And it's Karen. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, we're going to do a, we're doing another show today. We're going to talk about um, the impact of technology in terms of improving our, our senses. And specifically, we're going to talk about vi- virtual reality, VR, and augmented reality, AR. Mm-hmm. Another term that's used is mixed reality, which they they uh, which is another form of augmented reality. But we're going to talk about some of the things that are happening today, and think about where we see enhancements to experiences coming as a result of these technologies. Yeah. So we've been experimenting. We have uh, an HTC Vive uh, virtual reality setup. We've we have now we've got the Oculus. We're playing around with that. We have. Um, we've done with things with the HoloLens. We've been following Magic Leap down in Florida, the big company that got a five hundred million dollars of investment with some some big Hollywood outfits around in creating augmented reality. We've looked at uh, construction company stuff where they've done uh, overlays, Google Glass kind of stuff, where you know Vuzix and things like that, where they've helped field engineers to see what's happening, all the way out to looking at cell phones. We did some work with Wipro where they put the cell phone up and they use the camera to say, look at a copier and they could scan the copier real time and an engineer somewhere else could annotate, open this door and it could save a service call. You could just do it remotely. If you used Yelp on your iPhone or your uh, Android, you could go find, there's a, a, a subsection in there called Monocle and it will hold up if you happen to be in a big city. You hold it up, and it looks at the camera, and it does an overlay of where the places are with the ratings. Wow, it's very cool. So, so it already exists out there, mm-hmm. and uh, has it been around for a while? And monocle, just, uh, just the AR VR technology, and it, it, it it's been around for a while, but but the technology. It's improving rapidly. I mean, it, it was the visuals were being very, very crude. Now, if you look at the Oculus, yeah, uh, I'm using the Oculus Quest. So TJ Bart and I both all have the platform, and we play it. It's about a $500 platform. You couldn't get that three or four years ago. It'd been thousands of dollars, right? I was just to say that was that's the biggest burden. It requires, or at least in the past, required pretty expensive technology. So it's yeah. not like everyone on the street had it. So, so for $500. I would tell you that for early adopters, it's probably worth the plunge, meaning mm-hmm. that it's 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 got some pretty cool stuff. Now, Oculus is pretty Spartan in terms of content, but that's rapidly changing. One of the interesting applications they have on the Oculus is uh, Netflix. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I've got big screens 
everywhere here, so I don't really need that. But if you happen to live in, say, a um, a small place or a dormitory or like or where you live in your living situation, you have a, a TV in your living room. Yeah. It's not a big TV. No. They upgraded recently. Oh, you yeah. did? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it looked like it was really small, like oh, okay. 10 inches. Right. I don't know yeah. what it was, but it was I, – I, 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 I have an 82 out here. <laughs> thing, but, 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 it was, so, but you have a, a – but it's one big TV for four of you. Yes. Yeah. Do you have one in your bedroom? No. Okay. So if you want to watch something that somebody else wants and just want to be alone and veg out, what this Oculus allows you to do is you could sit in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. All you need is a chair. And you put the headset on, and it has. You can either use headphones or they have audio built in. And you go into the Netflix app, and it immerses you into this mountain lodge, and you're sitting in a living room. All around you, you turn your head, you can look around, and in front of you is a ten foot screen, and your Netflix account is linked to that. Wow! And it streams your Netflix account to this virtual room, and it's in HD. Wow. So you can watch anything you want. Now, it, I, I've watched some shows. Eventually, the headset bothers you after like an hour or so. You're like, I want this off. But if the alternative is I got to go watch uh, you know, some crazy reality show with a bunch of people, I want to just be alone and watch. I want to binge watch my show or whatever that might be. It's a great application for that. But we're just scratching the surface on the applications that are there. Right. I remember yeah. you try, uh, trying it with uh, with your Oculus and – the problems that I had with it are gonna be fixed. Like the, the the resolution, you might say, "Oh, I mean, I could probably you know be nice to run a 4K." T-. They're good. The resolution is gonna improve slowly over time. Not the, slowly. Yeah, probably rapidly. Rapidly. Yeah, you're right. Rap and and the next generation of headsets are shrinking rapidly. So if you look right. at like the HTC Vive, mm-hmm. we have to set up tripods, big tripods like the seven footers, yeah, mm-hmm. and hold the the. Um, the sensors, so that you can, so they can see where your hands are with the controls. Right. And the headset is tethered to a, a smoking ass gaming computer. <laughs> yeah. So the whole setup for the HTC Vive is three thousand dollars. Right, with the laptop. With the laptop, maybe more, maybe thirty five hundred. Mm-hmm. Plus, you need to have a twelve by twelve space, empty space. Mm-hmm. Okay. The that's quite a big like space. Com- that's a it's kind of a big commitment. Well, that's a big commitment, cost wise. Cost yeah. gear, yeah. So they- we have it. It's it's we did some work with clients with it, so it's a big issue. And they have some pretty cool stuff. If you go on the Google Earth, the yeah. ability to do the Superman view and fly around. And if you take five minutes to learn how to use the controls, I've flown around Paris and New York City and done some really wild things. Do you still have a desire to go to those places physically? <laughs> Probably more of a desire, uh, but it's interesting yeah. just to explore places. Some of the Google Earth is rendered in 3D, some of it's still 2D, but the 3D places really give you a sense of what it's like to be there. Yeah, yeah. and um, and you can drop into the Street View and walk. And it's 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 a very cool thing. You I spend hours on it, just exploring different places. But within two years, the Oculus Quest comes out, and it's five hundred dollars. It doesn't require a PC or a laptop. Wow. Just your phone. And it's not tethered. Mm-hmm. It has it has cameras, four cameras on the, and it looks at the room that you're in. And you virtually lay out whatever space you have, and it makes use of that space. 
So what does that mean, like in this studio? So I got to find a flat space. Like there's no room in here. So I would do what's called stationary mode. It would just say sit still, and we'll and you will not be able to move around uh, physically in this world. But I did it out in our lab out here, outside the studio here. We have a lot of empty space. I I maxed out this space, and I was in this uh, geodesic dome in the mountains, and I was able to walk around. You know, fifteen. I had fifteen or twenty feet in in, in all directions to walk around. Wow. And interact with the environment and see things. And it, it was very immersive. And so what we were trying to do is to stream that, what you see up on the screen. So that's where we're having some issues mm-hmm. with the technology. But you can start to see how you can really create some immersive experiences this way. And that's why we're experimenting with this 360 camera from our Alan Watts cam, is to say, can we use this technology to create um, social immersions at places like a restaurant, because mm. that's a small camera. Yeah, I can bring that anywhere. The sound quality's eh, not that great. That'll improve. For this, for the videos that we're going to post out of here, we'll take the sound from the sound system and merge it to the video, so it'll be very nice. But uh, anyway, there's th- those problems will get those are technical problems that'll get solved. Exactly. But the issue is, what do you guys think the the issues are going to be around around that? Because I, I go back to even some primitive versions of augmented reality. So we tend to think of augmented reality as a visual thing, but it doesn't have to be. It could be sound yeah. or smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I used to read a book, read books quite a bit, like novels, and I used to play this ocean surf sound. So I would put headphones on and listen to this ocean surf, and it was like a one-hour loop. And uh, it... I was not distracted by the environment. My visual acuity was focused on the pages. The sound was there, and I was immersed in the book. Mm-hmm. And I just, it was a relaxed, and you can listen to different things, whatever works for you. But when I was doing that, I was like saying, wow, this is really great. And then there used to be this app on the iPhone, and it was called Ambience. And it had all these different sound effects. Now, for whatever reason, it discontinued it, but it was a great app. I used it. And I created these different sound mixes. So one that I created was called the dining car sound mix. Hmm. And what it was was a loop of a, a train okay. going down the track. So like the, the soft sound of that. And you can set the mix level. Yeah. And a dining room. And it mixed it together. So it felt like I was sitting on a dining car on a railroad. So I imagine hmm. I was riding through Europe uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they already are. Right, so I'm just listening on yeah, headphones. Yeah. I could have a glass of wine with me, and I'm reading a book, and it feels like I. I it, it gave me the sense of it was a very relaxing way to way to read, and uh, so um, anyway, very interesting stuff. So that so I reached out to a professor in the UK, mm-hmm. and I said because they because I read that they were experimenting with creating artificial smells. Because smell really triggers a lot in your brain. So yeah. what if I could then um, incorporate smell, sound, and now with the technology, I can put some visual acuity, some very interesting stuff. You know what this kind of reminds me of? Um, a, a slightly different experience, but Soren, when we went to... Yeah, in California, uh, at Epcot. Yeah, because um, they had, they were... 
it was a lot of senses. Mm-hmm. I think they had mists of cold air and the smell of lilacs. Yeah. And it actually really brings you to that place that yeah. you're flying over. When you go over the orange groves. They, uh, yeah. The orange, yeah. Yeah, that was like that. So I, I can and, imagine. And, and the motion. Yes. So you're, glide, you're flying and you actually feel the glide. Yeah. So, uh, and that's a wild, that's a, my, one of my favorite rides because it's very relaxing and it's very immersive and uh, very well done. Yeah. And I, um, so talking about some of the, um, the applications and like some of the use cases that we've seen. Right. Um, the concept of going to the mountains. So in the yoga and the meditation world, mm-hmm. um, it's been, you know, like the epitome is to be in the Himalayas, hypothetically. But uh, I mean, a, a lot of people don't actually have the resources to just pick up and do that. Or the time, yeah. Or the time. Um, and so some of the early uses for uh, VR is to kind of transport you, you know, to this uh, yogic place where you can sit and, and do the meditation and the With yoga the teacher stuff. present as well. Yeah, right. So you've got like a teacher present to guide you through the meditation. You've got, you know, you can, and now if you've combined that with the sounds um, and like the visuals, it, it you actually can be transported for a bit, mm-hmm. which is like, awesome because otherwise you're you know a lot of people that have a meditation practice one of the biggest complaints is i just can't seem to break away from the environment that i'm actually in so that was one of the use cases i saw where i was like wow that's actually great yeah i i I, to me i i i I, I, we're looking i don't want to fall into the trap of a hammer looking for a nail because i'm really trying Mm -hmm. to think where what what problem can we solve or what opportunity can we create that uses the technology versus leading with that technology i would tell you playing around with it i can see a a lot of cool applications but and also for it in order for it to be experienced by more people you have to make it accessible widely as opposed to i'm going to invest several thousand dollars in an untested platform or one i'm unfamiliar with that's going to be obsolete in 18 months so Mm -hmm. you really have to be into it to spend the kind of money but the price points are coming down on these things. You're going to be able to do some interesting things. I would encourage people when they read is to listen to sound effects. Yeah. Um, if you have a big screen TV, go on YouTube and uh, match the sound effect to a 4K drone that 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 ties to that sound, that, that thing. So it's ocean waves have you know, maybe a video that matches the sound wave and so you can sit there. So you like to read on the beach. Now you can sit in a chair right in front of your TV with the sound and maybe have uh, a cocktail there. And you can start to just immerse yourself in different things. It could be maybe it's a, a mountain scene and you hear a babbling brook or maybe it's snow and, you know, uh, you can sit, sit out in the cold a little bit. You can just do some interesting things to try to drive these immersive experiences to to, to do things. And... Anyway, we're trying to figure this out because I think it's going to be a big market in the future. I think yep. you're going to see a lot of interesting stuff here. So even uh, something that oh, – Yeah, ahead. yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, so even something you don't even really think about, but like a problem for a lot of – in the marketing world is like how do I you know, really bring this brand out and have it connect with people? So this is where even like these you know, marketing groups are using – trying to use AR, VR to bring their brand to people – with more senses, so it's more of a, you know, it, it's more of a revealing kind of experience. So, like this is with the Guinness we were talking about. Mm-hmm. 
like they now it's not just tasting a beer, right? It's like tasting a beer while they are having you hear what they want you to hear and see what you're yeah, what so they talk, want you to see. So so Guinness did some research where they said if you are uh, seeing certain things, smelling certain things, hearing certain things, it actually changes your sensory perception of the taste of the beer. Right. Right? Yep. So we have the article up on the screen up here. Yeah, I was in, um, so this ad age. Uh, so I think what they were really trying to drive at was to get people, um, you know, they want to experience the shape, color, sounds that they say guaranteed to make um, the, the into the Guinness draft. And this taste is important, sig- just taste significantly yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, so they thought if they added those other elements that yeah. it, they would, you would feel like, oh, wow, this tastes exponentially better. So if you talk to people who travel, they'll say that the Guinness tastes better in, in Ireland than it tastes mm-hmm. here. It's yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah. But they're, they they're slightly it. fresher. See? Well, yeah. <laughs> you're even falling into the trap. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Atomically, it's identical. Well, it's the same thing as, do you think yeah. pasta in Italy tastes exponentially better than pasta in the U.S.? I think the perception is there. I think it's identical. Mm-hmm. I think the best Italian food is in You're New York City. You're going to have a lot City. of people disagreeing with you <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I checked on I'm always right.com and it said <laughs> yeah. I'm right. So the, I had, uh, like when I traveled to Italy, I went and I had uh, spaghetti carbonara everywhere I went just to see the different varieties within Italy. And uh, it was very good everywhere. The best place I ever got it was in New York. The second place, uh, the best place was in Somerville, New Jersey. And has a lot to just do <laughs> with. The, yeah. the culinary arts go where the money is. So Las Vegas and New York are the, probably the two top places along with Japan where you see really top food. Now, the Frenchies will say, well, it's uh, Paris and stuff like that. But let's look at where the Michelin star restaurants are. They're, they're in, in, in places where the money is. But I think a lot of what people are getting at is it doesn't matter whether what I'm saying is true scientifically. And let's, just, let's just say for argument's sake that it's the same thing. Yeah. What you're really getting at is here is that the taste of something is better when you add the other senses to it, like being somewhere. If you're traveling in Ireland and you're not from there, you're probably in a social context. You're on vacation. Exactly. You're in a place that's a, a mer- you're drinking it in an Irish pub. Have you been to Guinness Factory? Yeah. So it's you know at the top room. Yeah. The I forgot room. the name. Yeah, the tasting. There's like a name for it, I think, but. When you're there, this is like a 360 panorama view of all of Dublin. Yeah. And you're, you know, they're pouring, pouring it fresh out for you. You just went through the entire museum yeah. seeing all this Guinness stuff. They're prepping you for I would this. tell you that I certainly enjoyed Guinness more in Ireland than I do here. But I, to me, I would just say it was more an experiential thing than a technical Maybe thing. Maybe that's a good way to differentiate it. it. You enjoy it more there, but it tastes the same in both places. Yeah, and I'm not sure... I, the enjoyment one is the one that matters. Exactly. So same would be true like with limoncello. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's in, it's more fun, more <laughs> enjoyable in Italy. In Italy, yeah. But you can have it in your basement if you want, you know, just <laughs> yeah. sit and drink it. If, 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 and it's probably the exact same thing. It's right. just a chemical yeah. you're drinking it. So, but these, uh, so it, it goes back to the, how can we now create some of those same things Without the expense and the the what I'll call it the analog obstacles of having to travel to Italy to experience pasta or limoncello or go to Ireland to experience um, you know Guinness draft, 
You know, the same would be true. Like again, like I, I went to Germany and did the whole and did Wiener Schnitzel everywhere, right? right. Wiener Schnitzel was really aus- Austrian, but I had it everywhere. And the best place I had it was in Beverly Hills at Spago. <laughs> and the guy who made it for it was Wolfgang Puck. I went wow. to his restaurant and I ordered it, and it was really good. And he came out from the kitchen and was walking the room, and he came over and said, "Hey, what's going on?" I said, "Oh, this is the best I ever had. I had it everywhere." He goes. He just give yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and it had everything to do with just you know the best ingredients and you know uh, you know the the, the hyper focus on quality at some of these high end restaurants. But my, I go, what's happening with the technology? We're moving to a realm where we can start to bring the, those things that required an analog component. I had yeah. to go somewhere and do something, and now I can start to bring technology and just enhance what we have. It's not a replacement. It's just an enhancement to our baseline. Plus, it's, and you you have the opportunity to just try to do different things that you might you yeah. might find interesting, right? Like yeah. you like reading by maybe a beach, but maybe reading in like a bar setting or something, or reading in like a setting I haven't tried before. Is now just easier to do because I can yeah. just do it. Yeah. No, I, I don't have to go I, to a bar I, and, and be that I, guy. I need reading. to go find that ambience, uh, uh, the replacement that I because I I use that a lot to read and relax, and it's. It's a it's a way to avoid the distraction of just the noise of life, and uh, you know we were uh, TJ and I were discussing the other day about the notion of you know books are really becoming old school in terms of people sitting down and turning pages and reading to a book when there's so many more immersive ways, but the storytelling depth and richness has not been brought to the new platforms yeah. yet because people are taking the old style and bringing it to the new. I think, you know, we looked at even like... Uh, you do see it a little bit with like TV shows, right? Well, Bandersnatch yeah. was really cutting the edge of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, the, on Black Mirror. Right. But I think we're just still at the very early stages of people thinking, oh, it's a new platform, how do I use it? Versus just porting my mm-hmm. old way into this new platform. It's kind of, eh, it's okay, but... We're going to start to create new things you could only do in these new AR, VR, mixed reality platforms. But just think about the ability for now to use technology to enhance your senses and and improve your experience of your baseline things that you're doing, mm-hmm. whether it be eating, drinking, or reading. Right. So, or so I think socializing is where I'm really focused on. Try to come up with some new applications, and hopefully in the next couple of months we'll have some ideas around that. Awesome. Great. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed the topic. We're always interested in hearing more from our audience in terms of what topics we should be covering. So please reach out to us and let us know if there's a subject that you want us to cover, and we'd be happy to do that. I also want to remind people that we have a book out called Digital Labor, The Coming Demise of a White Collar Worker. You can find it out on Amazon in Kindle, hardcover, and paperback formats. Please check that book out and give us some feedback. Thank you.